Hey everybody, welcome to the Legacy Podcast. My name is Bill Dupenthaler. And I'm Mike Conan, and this is a podcast for disciples who want to make disciples. Well, hello everyone. Uh, welcome back to another discipleship podcast with Bill Dupenthaler. And we're both from Legacy, as you know. And we, our whole thing at Legacy is becoming uh, disciples who make disciples. And we want to train people and equip people and encourage people and uplift people to become disciple makers. Um, and first, you have to be a disciple to become a disciple maker. And, well, you know, Bill and I have been on this journey for, you know, him. I, I don't want to say because he's a little older than I am, but a lot of years. 80 plus years. <laughs> combined. <laughs> combined. Yes. Combined. Oh, oh, right. Just to combined, be clear. Yeah. And Bill, by the way, is almost all of those years. So uh, you get an idea of his experience in making disciples. And over the last couple of years, though, we've been asking people some pretty similar questions. And you guys have heard us say this before, but I'll just repeat it. I was at the gym, Bill, shooting baskets the other day with my kids. And um, my kid wasn't shooting the ball properly. And, you know, I'm I'm not really caring that much. He's a football player, so I didn't really care too much. But this nice guy comes over and he he helps my kid learn how to shoot the ball properly. He he spends twenty minutes maybe teaching him how to follow through straight, how to hold his hand as a guide instead of behind the ball, uh, or behind the ball instead of as a instead of shooting two hands, but shooting one handed. And it was really awesome. And I just started talking to the guy, and he said he was a believer, and he he went to Christian school growing up, and so. Of course, I asked him our two questions. You know, I said, you know, this is what our ministry is about is, you know, we're asking people two questions, you know. First one is, do you think everybody's called to make disciples? And he starts nodding his head. And then I said, and then we ask people the follow-up question. When's the last time you made a disciple? <laughs> he he actually laughed out loud at me because he thought it was so funny because nobody's going to answer yes to that question uh, or could answer, you know, I just, oh, yeah, I did that, you know, just a couple months ago. I, I made a disciple. And, and so we thought that this would be a great podcast for us to come back to that simple mission of legacy to... Uh, be all about being people who make disciples, disciples who make disciples. And our focus yeah. of the podcast was going to be on why, why would we want to do this? Because as he's laughing and saying, ah, oh, nobody's doing it. Well, well, why, why would we want to? And then Bill, you asked a better question to start it off with when I'm going to turn it over to you. What was your question? Well, I, I think a lot of, a lot of times people, people, aren't clear on what we mean by making disciples. And and we did a podcast uh, last year on why people don't make disciples. Right. And we spent the, the whole the whole time talking about whether it's fear or not knowing what to do or uh, don't think I could do it and why would anybody want to listen to me and uh, I and all the and, and you, know, you need to go listen to the podcast to to get all that but um, but it, but the, the the question that that I, I think a lot of people maybe wonder about is what do you really mean by making disciples? Like, are you talking about are you talking about like evangelizing people and and bringing new people uh, into the faith, or are you talking about uh, formation of 
already current believers in teaching them about the Bible and, and what it means to follow Christ and, and, and growing in their faith and, and, and fellowship and those kind of things. Is that what you mean by discipleship? Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and so it's, it's kind of an interesting question. Well, it was funny you should bring that up because I was having lunch with a pastor friend of mine, and he was telling me that his church scored off the charts for discipleship, and yet they were really struggling with evangelism. And so I was like, it was all I could do to bite my tongue to say, are you really doing discipleship if you're not doing evangelism? Like, is that possible (laughs) that... And so in his mind, and and they, they and again, this is not him necessarily, it's the consultants who came in who told him, oh, yeah, discipleship means making people more like Jesus. Evangelism means you're talking to people who don't yet know Jesus. And in fact, I think this is popularized by Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, The Purpose Driven Church. I, in particular, unpacks this one, where he talks about the purpose driven church is focused on five different things. And uh, those things are worship and ministry, and then uh, those go with what he calls the great commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, okay? So he says that's the first two purposes of a church. But the next three, he says, are evangelism, fellowship, and discipleship. And then he says that comes from go and make disciples, baptizing them, and then teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So he separates discipleship from evangelism, and so that's what churches have done. So if people think of yeah. it in terms of, oh, okay, we're discipling ministry. If I saw someone in a discipling ministry, now they assume that all we do is take people who already know Jesus and teach them more about Jesus. Uh, and I think both right. you and I would say that's probably the opposite of what most people need. I mean, well, that's not 100% accurate, but most of the people we know are not doing what God's called them already of what they know if that makes sense. Like, they don't need to learn more. Yeah. They need to apply more and to do more and to live into things more. And it's not that like you don't want to be learning. We know a core of a disciple is that. Um, but I don't know. I was blown away by that. And I was thinking, man, we just have such a different framework for understanding Jesus's call in the Great Commission. As it, it, In my mind, you cannot separate the go and make disciples uh, from evangelism. And it's just not possible. No, and, and and it's the same Jesus that said, "Go make disciples." Who said, "Go be my witnesses?" Yeah, and and, and I don't think he was talking about two different things. And it says he he called them that they might be with him, so that he might send them out. And and so it was always about bringing new people into the faith. And and uh, and Mike, you, I'm going to steal your line because you didn't you didn't say it when I gave you the opening a minute ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I love when we were talking about this beforehand, and you said you said I really can't imagine that what Jesus meant with the Great Commission was, okay, guys, listen, um, I'm going away, so I want you to go make disciples. So what I want you to do is I want you to go around to all the churches and and start really pouring into uh, those people that are already following me and helping helping them to go deeper in their faith. That is not what Jesus was saying. Yeah, I can't, I don't think you could get that as a reading here where he says, you know, I just really want you guys to focus on the 12 of you and the other 72 you know, that's my mission. Get close, <laughs> you know, support each other, encourage each other, go deeper in your faith. Erwin McManus, uh, he wrote a, a number of pretty profound things at different times. He's a pastor out of LA. And 
I'll never forget, he was talking about the whole scriptures in his mind points to evangelism. I don't know about that or not, but it was pretty powerful. And he said, even the line, feed my sheep, uh, which people look at and say, that's the... That's discipleship. That's that's the core of what it means to you know be a good pastor. Is you're feeding the sheep, and we're following the lineage of Peter, who Jesus told to feed the sheep. And and even if you look at that context, you're like, well, who are the sheep? Right? Who are the sheep at that point? He's not looking at the other twelve disciples and saying, I really need you to feed these guys. When I'm gone, Peter. You've got to feed these guys. The other disciples, you've got to feed each other. This is really key. This is important. <laughs> you know, and and he was right in my mind. That feed my sheep was talking about all the sheep of Christ that are going to come in. All the sheep of Christ yeah. that are, are going to be uh, brought into our lives who clearly are being drawn to the Lord, who we then will will get to feed. And um, And so in my mind, it's both and. Like and when we're talking yeah. about you know, non-believers or pre-believers or, or we're talking about nominal Christians who may have drifted from the Lord. Those are all of our targets. All of our targets are right. people who are not walking closely with the Lord. And that's how I would describe it. Right. And, it, and it's a both and, though, because, because certainly part of discipleship is, is teaching people, once they have followed Christ, is teaching them to be disciples who make disciples yeah. and and it's the idea of of if we only think of of um discipleship as just growing in your faith and that kind of thing and then you separate out evangelism then it, it kind of becomes like well let's let's hope that our church can can reach a few new people this year and 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 it's great when they do of course and and and, and from time to time people come into the church and they 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 decide they want to follow Christ, or they come forward in an invitation or whatever. But but the idea, uh, really, that Jesus was talking about, and and then and then uh, certainly the organization Navigators made uh, famous was was this concept of of multiplication versus addition. Because if you think of evangelism and discipleship making or disciple making, if you think of it just in in terms of adding a few people every year, even if you add a lot of people every year uh, through evangelism separated from discipleship, then then you're going to add a few every year. But when you, when you think in terms of taking every person that comes to Christ, which is part of evangelism, and then teaching them to replicate that and, and to reproduce themselves, then it becomes literally multiplying. And two becomes four, and four becomes... Eight or sixteen. <laughs> I, I forget yeah. how the whole multiple. Yes, I, I, I think I'm getting. Yes, am I getting yes. compound interest yes. to, uh, uh, confused with disciple and multiplication? I guess it's the same 16, thing. It'll eventually get to sixteen, Bill. It'll eventually get to sixteen, yes. no matter what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, but you get the idea. Well, you know, I so I think that what we don't think that you're called to do if you want to make disciples necessarily is to take people who are already close with the Lord, already walking with the Lord, already in a church and saying, guys, we need to form a discipleship group. Um, because unless the purpose of that discipleship group is to train them to go out and make disciples, and then we're 100% yeah. for it, awesome, yes, praise God. Um, but oftentimes what they mean by that is, no, we're just going to learn more and more and more and more and and like I said before, I, I'm convinced most Christians don't need to learn more. Uh, they need to apply what yeah. they've already learned and take the things that are from the back of their mind and bring them to the front of their mind 
Uh, and it doesn't mean we oh, don't always want to be learning and growing. But um, anyway, uh, it's probably. But, you know, yeah. like, well, you know, like as you said that, though, it, it I think, to be honest, where we're at right now as a young organization, we're only a couple years into it. I, I think that 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 early on uh, and, and even still to this day. I mean, we're doing an awful lot of what you just said, of of taking people who already are followers of Christ and and helping them to to latch onto this this idea of multiplication and this idea yeah, of for sure. going out and making disciples. You know, because like you said, because most people aren't doing that. Most people's idea of discipleship is just a small group that's a support group or a Bible study and that kind of thing. It doesn't go beyond that. Uh, but the hope is, I mean, I hope that that uh, in in the not too distant future, that we're talking about a whole bunch of people that are going out and and um, like reaching people that don't know Jesus, and that's and that's going to be when we really get rolling. Well, you know, one of my roles at Legacy is to visit churches and to try and build bridges with churches so that we can see um, a possibility for us coming in and, and helping partner with them in, in ways of disciples, making disciples. And I've been really fascinated. Most churches have a a. This is going to sound crude, but I don't know how else to say it. Is the people themselves don't think. I need to make disciples. They think of themselves as people who are going to invite people to come in so somebody else can make them into a disciple. Uh, and so they have programs designed for, okay, just invite somebody. And all you have to do is show up with them. You don't have to know anything. You don't have to teach them anything. You don't have to do anything with them. And I don't think those are necessarily wrong. They're reaching people for Christ. The people are learning. They're growing. But it is a whole different philosophy, it, it would basically be the equivalent of when I was in Southern California. We had a, a pastor's Bible study, and the people thought that their job for evangelism, and I'm not saying it was what they thought, but if they did think, well, my job is to invite people to come to Mike's Bible study. Because uh, then, you know, it's a lot easier. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to know anything. I don't have to pray. I don't have to do anything. I just invite them, and Mike has to do it all. And yeah. I think that, you know, people call this the anaconda church where a lot of people are stuck in that thinking and where there's a handful of people. And in one case, one church I know they uh, we visited, they don't even teach it. They have a video series that teaches them about discipleship. And so it is <laughs> not a bad thing because it's great teaching. But it's like, wow, the, the personal part of people being responsible for knowing their faith well enough to share it with others is lost. And yeah, yeah. So probably a good time to segue into uh, why would we want to do this? Why yeah. why would we instead of doing it the other way? Why would we want to become people who make disciples? Why why would we want to become disciples who make disciples? And uh, I'll just throw it to you, Bill. I mean, what's the first thing that jumps comes to your mind when you think of why people would want to do this? Well, I two things came to mind right away at you know when we posed the question. One is like it's kind of like well, duh. It, it I mean it's it's just right there in the scriptures, and we and we've talked so much, uh, and and we and you know, and frankly, we we won't stop talking about the Great Commission. But Jesus said, "Go make disciples," and in Acts one eighty, said, "Go be my witnesses." And uh, it's just clear. I called them that they might be with me, that that I might send them out. Yeah. Uh, so it's clear from the scriptures that this is what we're supposed to be doing. And 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 so the the why is is because it's simply uh, it's it's God's plan for 
uh, reach in the world. Uh, I, I heard a, a story one time uh, when uh, a, a guy gets to heaven and and um, and 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 he he uh, he he asks you know well hey how's how's the uh, the the um, the reach in the world thing going you know um, and 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 the answer is well. Uh, this, he's talking to Jesus, and and he says, "Well, you know, uh, I mean, I I invested in my disciples, and and I taught them to go make other disciples, and and so on and so on. And obviously, at some point, we got to you, and so that's 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 great. And the, and then the the guy that just got to heaven said, "Yeah, but Jesus, I mean." It seems like there are um, not a lot of people these days that are really doing this this um, this discipleship thing that you set up. You know what's the what's the alternative plan? What if people stop doing it? You know, uh, like like you taught them. What's the other plan? And Jesus' answer to him was, "There is no other plan. That's the plan." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a vivid word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I do think of it that way, and I know this sounds. I might sound like a Baptist here. I'm not a Baptist, but I, I am a Presbyterian. So, um, but I, I also think it's just a simple thing of obeying the Lord. Um, like we are His servants, and He is the Lord. Uh, it's not. It's it's simple obedience. Like this is the call of God for us to obey. And one of the things I do like about experiencing God, which we'll probably do at some point, is when Henry Backaby says it's an oxymoron to say no, Lord. And every time we don't make a disciple and we choose not to live a life of a disciple who makes a disciple, I think we're saying, no, Lord. He's given us clearly this commission to go and make disciples. And when we say no, that's disobedience. And God calls us to obedience. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't do it because we're great people and how awesome we are. We do it by the power of his spirit and through his grace always. But that's a simple thing for me where it's like, this is just a simple, this is what Jesus said. I'm his servant. I'm his follower. So I will do what he said. Uh, not my will, but yours yeah. be done. I mean, yeah, and and like you say, it's the great co-mission. Yeah, that it, it, we do it in the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit who changes people's lives, not not our words. But at the same time, He uses us uh, as as part of His plan. It's and so it's the great co-mission, and 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 I've talked to so many people that that are. Whether the, actually whether they're followers of Christ or, or not, uh, who are just flat out, if they're honest, fairly bored with their life, you know, and, yeah. and don't feel like they have like a great mission and a great purpose in life, and and uh, they they feel like they're they're going through the motions, and 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 it's like, man, I don't even know, uh, and 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 I love this idea that that uh, we're on a mission from God. <laughs> I love that. Like, what do you do with your life? Well, I'm a, I'm on a mission from God. What about you? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? What do you mean you're on a mission from God? Sitting on an airplane. Hey, what do you do? Well, I'm on a mission from God. It's like the Blues <laughs> Brothers, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. 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 And, but it's true. And when, when, when you really get a hold of this idea of going and making disciples, uh, that you're, you're a part of this great co-mission with God, I mean, it does give your life purpose uh, beyond the temporary pleasures and 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 things that that, that you know that uh, yeah, it's okay for a little while, but in the end, it doesn't satisfy. 
Right. And I do think that's some of the trapping that we could fall into is our life. We think it has mission and purpose because we help people get entertained better or we help people find temporary satisfaction better. But in the Great Commission, like you said, Bill, we get a chance to impact people's eternity. How crazy is that? I mean, I think you and I both believe that, you know, we're a small part in the picture, but it's pretty awesome to think that we even have a small part in impacting people's eternity. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, it is cool. And, and, um, and it's also it, well, I was going to say it's scary, but actually it's not scary because, because we realize that it's not up to us, uh, you know, that, that Uh no combination of words that come out of our mouth are going to change anybody's life. You know, it's, it's, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit working in people's lives that, that, you know, that, that, that their life is changed. It's not because of us, but at the same time, um, we are part of the mission and, and God chooses to use us. And, uh, and, and so, so we actually do have this, this, crazy, I don't know if you call it responsibility, certainly opportunity, uh, to be a part of that. And, and when, and when we're not, we, we're not only missing out, uh, but potentially even affecting somebody's eternity. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, I don't know where that line is. I know the apostle Paul gives that great line. How will they hear if nobody tells them? Yeah. You know, like, and so, and clearly Jesus you know, has this calling. And, and so again, I, I think if we take it from the positive stance more, it would be everybody's looking for a purpose in their life. Even when we talked about Rick Warren in the beginning here, and I like Rick Warren, I've used his books. I'm, I'm not a, I, but he, I, I think I would, I would love to sit down with him and talk about the interplay between discipleship and evangelism. I wish we could keep those yeah. together instead of separated, yeah. but you yeah. know, he, he has so many things that he nails and his whole book and his whole thing was what? The purpose-driven life, and millions of copies. One of the strongest sales ever for a Christian book, because people were drawn towards this idea of having a greater purpose beyond themselves, and and I think that's what people are looking for. And even in all the things and causes that they pour themselves into, that aren't necessarily bad causes, but they're not necessarily eternal causes. And that's yeah. that's the difference. Yeah. Um, well, I, I love the story of of the atheist who is asked, uh, well, why don't you believe in God? And why don't you believe this whole story of, of Jesus and, and all that? And, and he said, well, it's because you don't really believe it. Mm. And it's like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean I don't believe it? You don't really believe it. You, you don't believe that, that uh, Jesus really came and died on the cross and paid for our sins and, and made a way for... for um, us to go to heaven and 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 to avoid going to hell and, and all that kind of stuff. You 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 can't possibly believe that. Hmm. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? I can't possibly believe it. Of course I do. No, because if if you really truly believed that, and you're not dedicating your life to spreading the word about that to everyone that you are in contact with, then then you are either delusional or you're the the cruelest, most selfish. Uh, uh, person that exists or you don't really believe it because it because if you really believe that and you're not telling people about it like how is that possible it can't be possible 
You can't be, you can't love people and love God and believe those things and, and then not be doing anything about it at the same time. Therefore, I don't really believe it. That's why I don't believe in God. Yeah. That's pretty convicting. <laughs> it's isn't pretty it? convicting. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's probably worth talking a little bit about. I mean, if, if we're just being honest here, hell is a, an actual reason to make disciples. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, neither of us grew up in a real Baptist Pentecostal type of experience. And again, I don't want to stereotype anything, but uh, I certainly did not grow up in a fire and brimstone. And I don't think you did either where no. we heard that message of hell every week. Um, in fact, I, I think that I would, it's safe to say we, I err too much on the other side. I preached on hell, you know, probably four or five times total in my, you know, hundreds of sermons that I have preached over the years. Um, and so I definitely um, think it's, it's one of those things that is, is worth talking about because I think it's a real motivator because um, if you really believed, like you said, where people are going, it would change how you did it and why you did it and where you would put your efforts in life. I mean, yeah, absolutely. What do you think of when you think of hell? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, and, and honestly, you know, the, the whole idea of heaven being, uh, uh, streets of gold and heaven and hell being, uh, 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 burning fire and all those kinds of things. I, I'm not sure if, if, if those are literally the case or if those are, uh, words that, that the writers used to describe, try to describe the, the most amazing experience that you could possibly imagine and the most awful experience that you could imagine. Uh, and, and so I think it more has to do with, um, an eternity spent, um, enjoying the, 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 the presence of, of God and, and all of his goodness versus an eternity of, of being uh, separated from his goodness and, and his love and, and all those things. You know, I, I heard it once said that Jesus talked more about hell and money than any other subjects. And those <laughs> subjects that we as humans want to talk <laughs> the least about. Um, and, yeah. and I think you're right. He used, you know, whatever word you want to anthropomorphize, uh, whatever you want to say, where he, he takes, uh, you know, Gehenna, which was an actual place that they could see this, this, this um, dump and with fumes and smells and fires and all this stuff and gives it a, you know, a description uh, so that people could get a taste of what it would be like to spend Mm -hmm. eternity without the goodness of God. I think of it in terms of being separated from all the parts of God you want and getting the parts of God you don't want. You know, I think the scriptures (laughs) are pretty clear that, that we are all objects of God's wrath until we come to Christ. And, uh, so unfortunately, you know, if, if, and fortunately Christ came and took the wrath of God on the cross. So, you know, for those of us who know Christ, he paid and took the wrath of God in our place. And those who don't know Christ and who don't follow him, they're going to get to take that wrath for themselves. And boy, if I had the option of, of picking between those two, I, I know which one I would pick. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. 
Well, and you know, I, I guess just one one more that I that I'd like to share that I think is just a huge reason why I make disciples, and and I got to experience this so much over the years of of being on Young Life staff and 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 talking to literally thousands of teenagers over the years uh, about Jesus, uh, but there is no greater joy than than being a part of seeing somebody come to faith in Christ. Amen. And it's the most amazing thing, you know. I'm not much of a golfer, but but uh there everybody that's into golf knows this that 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 um and even me, not a very good golfer, every once in a while, you know, I get that shot. Yeah. <laughs> or that long putt and it's like, "Oh, wow." <laughs> Okay, I'm, it's it's enough. You can play you can play horrible the whole play the whole time, but you get that one good shot, and it's like okay, it's enough to bring me back, and because it's like it's just so amazing, you know. And I know you're you're a golfer, so you understand that far better than I do. I would not classify myself as a golfer. I used to be, and now I'm thinking about getting back into it. <laughs> <laughs> and and not to and not to compare, you know, a good golf shot to bringing somebody to Christ. But but you know, but the idea that like I, I guess if if you've never led someone to Christ, uh, you, you don't know what you're missing. You just don't know. I will tell you, and 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 I would even take it a step further and say when I'm a part of somebody's journey and they come to Christ. You know, as yeah. Bill Hybels talks about in Just Walk Across the Room, if I'm moving somebody from negative 15 to negative 5 and somebody else closes the deal, or the Apostle Paul says someone sows and another one reaps, if I'm part of their yeah. journey and I get to hear that they have come to Jesus, I, joy fills me to the point with tears every, almost every time. I can't think of... Yeah. But a handful of times that that hasn't caused me to weep. I think the one thing I would add as we're closing this down would be, in all honesty, part of the reason we want to make disciples is not just to deliver people from the hell of you know eternity, but also hell on earth. I mean, the world that we live in is full yeah. of evil and pain. I mean, it is a hard place. As my brother would say, yeah. life is tough, get a helmet. And for <laughs> for Christians, you know, we have the ultimate helmet in Jesus Christ. And he shows us yeah. a path to walk in healing and to walk in goodness. And I was talking with a friend of mine who's a counselor, and he was saying that with the opioid epidemic that's going on in the world right now, people are not able to get off opioids. And in fact, uh, there's so many problems because when people get off opioids, they almost always go back. And when they go back, they try to go back at the same level they went at when they were high uh, you know, heavily involved in it. And so they end up overdosing because their body can't take it. And he was saying that he, in his mind, we should just keep people on them because we can't get them off them anymore. And they have methadone and stuff for that. But in my mind, I worked in a drug and alcohol treatment center. And I just remember the power of Jesus can do all kinds of stuff. My friend, love him to death, but he doesn't know Jesus. And he doesn't know the power. And I have talked to people and know people who've come out of opioids through the power of Jesus. And that's a huge, extreme example, but it's a total truth for whatever it is. Lust, pornography addiction, greed, um, cutting up in materialism, cutting up in relationship uh, issues, caught up in whatever it is that we're caught up into. Making disciples delivers people out of that pain and evil and delivers them into the kingdom of light. And boy... That's another great joy that we get to experience. And uh, 
Yeah. You know, that's probably enough on, on all those things. And I actually have like 10 yeah. more I could list of why to make disciples. Uh, it's much easier to think of a list of why we make disciples, I think, than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. And we'll continue talking about those things in the coming weeks. Uh, I'm excited for uh, uh, the, our coming podcasts. We're going to be we're going to be talking about uh, the, the book Master Plan of Evangelism uh, by Robert Coleman. And it is one of my favorite uh, books of all time uh, that that. That really, it's a book about discipleship, even though it's called the Master Plan of Evangelism. Yeah, and so we're gonna we're gonna go through uh, some of the principles in this book and and um, and kind of break them down a little bit and, and share some stories. And I think it's going to be really really encouraging for people. Um, also, in the coming um, months, we're going to start at the end of this month. We're going to start our next uh, round of of leader. Uh, training and so if if you're interested in learning more about what it means to be a disciple who makes disciples uh, and and maybe leading a small group or being a mentor for somebody uh, we'd really encourage you to to uh, sign up for our next class and and you can do that by going to our website and and checking it out and and, and letting us know that you're interested or you can you can just contact Mike and I directly but but yeah on our website ourtruelegacy.com uh, we we've got that going, and and um, we just encourage you uh, to check that out. Well, I want to just add one thing there. Um, with this program, it's only a once a month where we have a commitment, and we do it a Zoom call, so you can be wherever you are in the world and join us. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we have some podcasts that are right off this that you listen to. We often have a reading that we will incorporate in at some point or another, um, and then. In addition to that, Bill and I meet with you one-on-one to kind of coach you into this whole process of becoming a disciple who makes disciples. And we've taken a lot of time to develop this program and to help uh, you get to this place. So I just want to tell people a little bit about what it was so that they could even be more excited about it. Yeah, no, that's great. That's perfect. So, man, I hope in the coming weeks a bunch of you are going to jump on board with us with that. Yeah. And, and and as always, we we also really appreciate you jumping on board with us and supporting financially. Again, OurTrueLegacy.com. You can do that there. And and continue to help us spread the word about this podcast yeah. and give it a, a, a five-star review and share it with your friends. And, 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 and if you want to watch us and see our pretty faces doing this, you can also check us out on YouTube. And, and, and you can and you can watch and listen to us and, and it's the Legacy Discipleship Podcast on YouTube. So check that out as well. So anyways, thanks for being part of everything that we're doing and, and let's continue to go be disciples who make disciples. Amen. Amen.